Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forster, the wine coach, and I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, spirits, food, and so much more. Well, Chris. Yes. Every year, the Wine Spectator magazine releases their top 100 wines of the year. And you might think this list is made up entirely of high-end selections right. from the world's most famous wineries. But guess what? There's That's stuff not the case. we can afford. Yes. <laughs> well, gonna... There's stuff that you can afford and then stuff that I can afford? Well, all right, all right. <laughs> we're going to taste two of this year's top wines, and then we're going to talk to Bruce Sanderson from the Wine Spectator. All right. And we're going to find out how they go about picking, because there are tens of thousands of amazing wines out yeah. there. How do they pick the top 100? That sounds like a job I want. I know. <laughs> well, we're going to find out uh, how he does that. But before, I figure we better, you know, taste a few of these well, top ones. We got to know wines. what we're talking about, right? I love it. Well, the first one we're going to taste is number 74 on the list. And it is from Italy. It's from the Molise region. Okay. And it's from Di Maio Narante. It is a Rosso that's a blend of Montepulciano. Okay. And Aglianico. Easy for you to say. I know. The Molise region, <laughs> although not very well known, is... Um, if you want to picture Italy as a boot, yes. as we always do, it's sort of on the the backside, on the calf side, okay, right, uh-huh. um, near Abruzzo, okay. um, and some other regions down in that area. But Montepulciano is a grape a lot of people are familiar with these right. days, and Aglianico. There are a lot of wines that are just made straight from that grape. All right. So this is a wine that's on the list, um, number 74. I'm going to look at the price because what I loved about this one is it's affordable. It's an $18 wine, mm. got a 90 points. It's a t- 2011 vintage. Both of these top 100 wines came from Wine World in Abingdon. There you go. They're good to us. They are very good they to us. They dropped us off two top 100 wines no questions asked. That's amazing. So if you're looking for great wines, check them out. Okay, what do you say about this one? I say it's delicious. Mm, has this nice <laughs> little spicy nose to it, doesn't it? A does. little bit of dark fruit. I love it. Here in their tasting notes, what, well, what do you say? I was say you taste that a little bit, a little bit of spice on the back end too. Yeah, yeah. It's I like really it. nice. And I love Italian. I always say if it's Italian and red, chances are I'm going to like, like it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got a nice full body to it. It really does. And the, uh, they're, the winery is saying pairing with steak, stew. Yep. Yeah, I'm all it's about that. It's got that little bit of grip of tannin on the finish. Yeah. But that nice earthiness that I love about Italian wines. Yeah. Really, really delicious. Oh, now I'm thinking about beef stew. Beef Thanks. stew. So hungry. If you love old world style <laughs> wines, this is really great. And for $18, have yeah. a nicely made Rustic Italian. Re- yes. Mm-hmm. Bolognese sauce. Oh. Chef Ma- Michael makes... One of the best. I'm sure. You have to come over. You have to say that. You're married to him, right? Well, yeah, but it's true. (laughs) All right. So we're going to find out a little bit more uh, about this wine. Um, This comes from the Leonardo Lacazio import portfolio. Okay. And that's something I've talked about a few times. If you find a good importer, they're basically your buyer. They go overseas, taste all the wines, Mm -hmm. and then come back. And tell and you what you'd like. Exactly. And then you're like, okay, I'll buy that. And then you drink it and you love it. And this wine, we didn't even open 
We didn't even take the cork out of this we wine, didn't. did we? No. Later in the show, I'm going to tell you how we access this wine without taking the cork out. You blew my mind with this I one. know. This is so cool. It's Technology. So cool. I won't give it all away. Okay. Glass number two. Mm. Guess what? what? Glass number two is the number two wine. What? This they, year. They gave of us the number top two? 100. Yes, number wow. two. Is that ridiculous? That's what I'm saying. Wine World rocks. If you haven't been there, you need Ooh. to check them out on Tollgate Road in Hartford County. This is the Molly Duker Carnival of Love. Look at this label if you Oh, can that looks see like it. fun. It's beautiful. And Molly Duker is seriously uh, a cult thing. Okay. People love Molly Duker and they have all different. You know, blue-eyed boy and velvet glove. They're all very big, right. very robust wines. This is a Shiraz. The smell alone is just making my mouth water. Speaking of big, it's 16% alcohol. Holy cow. Yikes. Morning. Some of the people who like their old world and don't believe in high alcohol are going to really have a problem with this wine. Wow. But intensity on the nose, 100% American oak, as you might think. This was not one of the more totally affordable wines. <laughs> guess. Guess how much. It's oh, delicious. I will it's s- worth every penny. I'll say $43. No. No. No, no, no. These wines sell out every year. <laughs> sell out every year. What do you think? Try oh, one more time. Uh, should I go higher then? Mm-hmm. I'll say 72 You got it. $72? you can't Well, me? 75 they okay. say here. I'll but I bet it. you can get it for 72 at Wine World. <laughs> Probably. Because they have great prices. <laughs> They're awesome. We're in love with Wine World. Wow, yeah. This, well, they gave the, us the number two the wine. The intensity of this fruit, it's yeah. really focused, very deep, very dark. Oh, man. That is you do get really that good. sense of the, uh, you know, the oak is certainly there. But it's so smooth. It is full flavored, but smooth. The smell, the aroma is is, is just... It's Amazing. really, and you know what's neat about Australian wines is this was picked in March because you know that's their harvest. Oh yeah, because their seasons are opposite. Yeah, they're flip flopped. So this was picked uh, between the sixth and ninth of March. They're saying, Ooh. and the very best vineyards. They're calling it deep, profound, yeah, lean and intense. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it pretty really darn good. is a beautiful wine. I understand why it's number two now. People who love New World wines are going to totally agree with this pick for number two. Right. But people who like Old World wines, like Europe, yeah. France, and Italy, are going to... some Scoff people, at it. Yeah, it's like a dividing yeah. point. So we'll have to see what Bruce thinks Yeah. When well, we you bring know, him the, in. The Old World mindset is very that Old World. It's not very know. you know contemporary. They like what they like, and they right. don't really like branching out as much. This is delicious. And uh, if you go to the Molly Duker website, you can see they do screw cap wines, and you have to do something called the Molly Duker Shake. Mm. You can watch the video on their website. You un cap it you okay. twist the cap open it then close it again and shake it up and it disperses the nitrogen that's in the bottle okay and kind of oxygen in the air exactly it loosens it up opens it up yeah I got all you. right i'm learning well uh we got bruce waiting for us so let's take a quick break we're gonna get bruce sanderson from the wine spectator on the line we'll be right back on the sipping point This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and I am so excited because we just tasted our top 100 wines. But now on the line from Wine Spectator, we have the senior editor, Bruce Sanderson, and he has been doing the New York Tasting Beat, meaning Burgundy, Germany, Italy, uh, since 1993. And previous to that, he actually 
was in wine retail. So he's seen lots of different sides to the wine business. And as tasting director, that sounds like a great job, Chris. (laughs) He oversees the Wine Spectator's tasting operations in New York, Napa, and Europe. Welcome to the show, Bruce. Thank you, Lori. Great to be with you. We're really excited about this. I know a lot of people wait for this every year, especially the wineries. (laughs) You release the top 100 wines, what you guys think are some of the top wines of the year. If folks aren't familiar with how you go about doing that, why did you choose? Why do you even choose to do it? And then maybe we can get into how. Well, this is something that Wine Spectator started in 1988. And uh, our editors felt it was would be exciting to showcase uh, some of the the uh, top wines that that they tasted over the year. Mm, nice. How many do you taste in any given year? Well, back in 1988, it was about 3,000. Today, it's about 18,000. Whoa. Whoa! He has better job than me, Chris. That's a lot of wine. <laughs> <laughs> 18,000 wines. So. So given that, that's a staggering number, and people, tasting is not drinking. It's not the same. <laughs> they are probably spitting, I assume. That's correct. So when you're tasting, give folks an idea of what you're looking for when you're tasting the wine. Well, in, in evaluating any wine, uh, we're looking for uh, correct color, aromas, flavors for that grape variety or that wine region. Mm-hmm. And we also look at um, the length of the flavors on the palate, complexity of the flavors, how well it's integrated with acidity, with the tannins. So that gives you an overall impression right. of the quality. Love that. And then of these 18,000, you're giving them the, the numerical scores, which appear in the Wine Spectator magazine and on your website, which I use quite a bit. It's awesome. So of all those, how do you then take that and really vet it down to your top 100? Well, first thing we do is start with all the wines that rated 90 points or higher. Okay. And then to to help me even further, I ask all of our editors to give me a short list of what they consider the most exciting wines that they tasted throughout the year. Hmm. Okay. So that gives me a group of roughly, I would say, 125 to maybe 150 wines. Okay. And, and then we, so then we start to eliminate and we look at uh, four different factors. We look at quality based on score. Okay. We look at, at availability, uh, how many cases are made or how many cases are imported. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also look at the value of a wine. So based on the price, and then we look for something that's a little extra, the, what we call the X factor. And that's um, what might be new, an emerging region, an emerging winery. Okay. Could be a, it could be a winery that, that uh, has a new winemaker and uh, quality has increased. So looking at your top 100 lists can be a way for people to kind of see some trends in up and coming regions or varietals or different things going on in the winemaking world. Definitely. Okay. If you look at the 2014 list, for example, Portugal had a great vintage in 2011, mm-hmm. and that's why we chose the Dow Port as our wine of the year. And we also have uh, other uh, five other Portugal wines on the list. Yeah, that was that's a question I had, and someone had posted on my Facebook page. You know, what were my thoughts on the top wine being a port? Uh, obviously, we know it's a, considered a fortified wine, but you know their opinion was, oh well, sweet wine, 
because there is sweetness, of course, in port, winning the top spot, they just, you know, I guess we're having a problem <laughs> dealing with it. Um, what You know, have you seen a lot of people kind of, I don't know if shocked is the word, but are people kind of thinking that's a very different way to go for you? I wouldn't say shocked, maybe surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in uh, 1997, we also had uh, two ports share the Wine of the Year honors. Wow. But I think also that uh, vintage port is just a classic wine style. Mm-hmm. And 2011 was such a great vintage in Portugal and probably the best in a generation. Right. And with with improved techniques, both in the vineyard and the wineries, uh, it was just a, a terrific year for vintage port and for the table wines as well. Yeah. And if you look at the price, I mean, really, for a 99, you just, I don't know what, Gave it that one point off, Bruce, but <laughs> it's almost a perfect wine. Original sin. Yeah, right? For $82, that's a pretty good value for almost a perfectly yeah. scoring wine, knowing that vintage port can hang around for many decades to come. So this is a great investment for someone, right? That's true. And and I think you, you really need to look at the score and the price. If you take both of those into consideration and and whether a wine is widely available on available or not, that really gives you uh, kind of a picture of, of uh, the quality. Mm-hmm. I agree. Quality now, and, and relative value. The other thing I was really excited about, uh, because a, a lot of my favorites are on here, but there's quite a few uh, Rieslings that I love, and I'm always trying to change people's mind about Riesling, because people think, oh, it's just simple and sweet and and not very interesting. And you have the um, Dr. Lucen, Dr. L uh, from Mosul, uh, Riesling number 40. And you also have the Charles Smith Kung Fu Girl Riesling number 43. Um, both are very reasonably priced and I think really delicious, great food wines. Do you see Riesling being more embraced? I do. I think both these wines represent uh, two different styles of Riesling, of course, one coming from the Mosul Valley in Germany and the other from Washington State, right. which uh, produces a, a tremendous amount of Riesling and, and very high-quality Riesling. And I think in the last 10 or 15 years, a lot of young consumers have embraced the, uh, the, the, the beautiful fruit flavors, uh, the, you know, the liveliest city, the vibrant character that Riesling has to offer, and its ability to pair very well with a lot of different cuisines. That's great. I have not met Dr. Lucen, but I have met Charles Smith, and he is awesome. <laughs> He's a character for sure. We've had him on the show, and I think we only believed him once or twice, right? Yeah. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. We're talking to Bruce Sanderson from Wine Spectator about the top 100 wines. We're going to be right back on The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach on The Sipping Point, and we are back with Bruce Sanderson of the Wine Spectator magazine. We're talking about the top 100 list they release every single year. This year for 2014, we actually tasted a few already in studio, and Bruce, you're filling us in on how this works. I said at the very beginning uh, of the show that I was really excited that it wasn't just expensive wines on the list. There are wines for every budget. And in fact, there's quite a few values. How do you see the list breaking out price point wise? Well, you can find everything, I think, from about $10 on the list, right up to uh, $250. Okay. Uh, But in actual fact, most of the list is skewed towards uh, the value end. 
there are a, about a third of the list, 33 wines that are $20 or less. Nice. And again, these represent wine regions from all around the world. Mm-hmm. That's the sweet spot I find when I'm doing corporate events or consumer events. People want that great wine for $20 or less that they can have on a Tuesday night. You know, it just is such an important yeah. part of the market. Uh, so I love that. And one of the wines we tasted earlier in the show, um, the Di Mayo Narante, is one of those wines. It's $18 retail. Tell me a little bit about why you think this wine was so right for the list. Well, this is a perfect example of, of a value wine from an old world wine region. In this case, it's from the Molise region of Italy. And it's made mainly from the Montepulciano grape, mm-hmm. about 80%, and the rest from Alianico. And these are two grapes that thrive uh, in this part of Italy. And they're, they're grapes that give you a lot of fruit flavor, but they also give you a little bit extra, some of these savory notes, like uh, spices, licorice, um, tobacco, mm-hmm. woodsy notes, wild herbs, mushroom. So it's not just about the fruit. It's also about these savory flavors, too. And when you put that together, you have a very compelling wine, and especially at that price. I totally agree. It's really, really delicious. And um, I love the earthiness that's in there with the fruit. Um, really great. And I can, uh, we opened, we're going to we're gonna talk more about the Coravin later, but we uh, access this wine with the Coravin. So it's going to be around for a while. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Do you have you used one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. In so, fact, uh, we we have one that we keep at the office, and I also have one for personal use. Oh, perfect. We're going to talk more about that and let folks know. Okay. So the second wine that we tried was your number two, the Molly Duker Carnival of Love, seventy five dollars retail, ninety five of a score for the twenty twelve vintage. I was saying to Chris earlier that Molly Duker is one of those wineries and styles of wine that seems to really polarize people in the wine <laughs> lovers, wine business, yeah. um, because people are either fanatical about loving it or p- people are on the other side and they just believe it's so over the top new world. What say you about the carnal, Carnival of Love? The Carnival of Love is, is a perfect example of, of the new world style that's really pushed to the limit to get all that ripe fruit. Mm-hmm. And what uh, Sparky and Sarah Marquis also look for is, is this lush palate coating character. Uh, so when you, when you taste the wine, you feel this fruit, you feel this, this kind of ripe uh, sweetness that comes from ripe fruit. Uh, and, and that really extends to the back of the palate before you feel any of the acidity or the tannins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really delicious. And, you know, not that it should matter, Bruce, but the label and the naming and everything they do packaging-wise is just done very beautifully. The labels are great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Clearly, they're having a lot of fun with it. (laughs) Absolutely. uh, Even even the name, they're they're both left-handed, and Molly Duker is the... uh, the nickname for a South Pie in Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just having a lot of fun with it. And, and this is a wine that's uh, scored in the, in the mid-90s, 94, 95 points uh, in, in all its vintages and right. has been on in our top 10 now for the third time and in the top five times. 
So Love it's it. very consistent, and it has a huge following in America. Now, I'm going to put you on, quick on the spot. If there's one other wine on this list that I should try on the under 20 category, what would it be? If it's under 20, let me take a quick look here. Well, if, you, if you're a big fan of Riesling, uh, yeah. one of my favorite producers is St. Urbanshof. Oh, and nice. We chose their Riesling QBA, Mosul Old Vines, 2012. Okay. That's 90 points, $15. Okay. And Nick Weiss at, at St. Urbanshof is the he's the proprietor and uh, works very closely with his team in both the vineyards and the winery to uh, make top quality wines from the Mosul Valley, and they're very very uh, reasonably priced. Yes, I see it. Number sixty sixteen dollars. Well, if you want to check out the Wine Spectator Top One Hundred list, go to winespectator dot com. Bruce Sanderson, I wish we had another hour to talk to you because you're such a pleasure and you know so much. I really appreciate you taking your time out to be with us on The Sipping Point. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. You're listening to The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach. Chris? Yes. This was fun. Always fun. I mean, I cannot believe the two wines that were dropped off for us to try from the top 100. I'll tell you, Wine World took care of us. Uh, really, really good wines. I know. Really great. Now I need to go out and get that Dow's Vintage Port. Uh, you know, I'm a port guy. So I know. Just hearing Bruce talk about it just really piqued my interest. One time, my husband, Michael, uh, brought home some leftovers from work that okay. he was given, and it was an 85 Vintage Port. Holy cow. I have never, you know, port has a little bit of a, a jolt to it, right? Because yes. it's a fortified wine. Yes. But it, this was like 15, 20 years, whatever old, yeah. when we tasted it. It was so smooth. It was oh, like drinking a regular red wine. It so was good. unbelievable. So if you get one now, if you if you are trying to get one for a grandkid or you just had a baby yeah. that you want for them to drink when they turn 21, <laughs> Dow's Vintage oh, I thought Port. We were I'm not give, kidding. I thought we were going to give the wine to an infant. Is that yeah, not, no. That's, that's not, that's not well, you what know, we're supposed in, to do? In England, well, we could go on and on, but in England, <laughs> what they used to do is buy a pipe, which is basically a barrel of Vintage Port okay. for a baby when it was born and then when they were old enough to drink it they had a, a supply wow that's that's yeah. actually a really good idea i know i'm, I'm sorry that stopped i want to start doing that for my friends kids as they have kids here's a <laughs> bottle of booze here's let a it pipe sit on the shelf for, for two decades <laughs> <laughs> we have a new sponsor okay for the show and it's hair of the dog wine and spirits welcome they're, aboard hair of the dog oh they're my home wine store in easton maryland nice and i know lots of listeners why they might live on this side of the bridge mm-hmm. weekend or spend a lot of time over on our side st yeah. michael's easton or maybe you're heading to ocean city down the ocean well, you want to check them out because they have an amazing selection and awesome top 100 yep they've got the Lucen brothers that we talked about mm-hmm. riesling the the rombauer chardonnay uh-huh. that my mom sitting here is giving the thumbs up <laughs> she loves that chardonnay uh the ponzi pinot noir love that stuff it's from willamette valley oregon and great. the mom's napa bubbly that's great for the holidays love they have bubbly. all of that yeah. check them out hair o the dog in easton maryland couple of events. Uh, if you go to my website, thewinecoach.com, you can see we have the open house uh, at Wine World, which is today. Oh, actually, no, it's not today. It's next week. And then a bunch of events in the beginning of the year. So okay. folks, just check it out. And if you don't feel like cooking, if you feel like escaping the holidays. Yeah, you're already down one holiday. Let's right. keep it going. You don't need to cook anymore. <laughs> Thanksgiving's over. Black yeah. Friday's done. Go to the Oregon Grill. 
Yeah, you know, they'll do everything and make you feel like do some Cyber Monday shopping and then swing by afterwards on Monday yeah. evening for some dinner. Right, or go there tomorrow for Sunday brunch. Love me some brunch. I know what you like, the bacon vodka. You had me a bacon. I know. I know. So anyway, give them a call 410-771-0505 or go to the OregonGrill.com. Next week, we'll be back to explore the recipe for a delicious life. Special thanks, as always, to Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, Wine World, The Oregon Grill, and our newest sponsor, Hair of the Dog, Wine and Spirits.